0: Hi my loves, welcome back to Cosmic Wisdom podcast with myself, Ashley. For those of you who are new here and join us for the first time, welcome to my little podcast, a little safe space on the internet where we discuss all things spiritual. So today I am back, guys, to have a brief discussion with you about the month of April, which I feel like I've been anticipating for so long (laughs) because I have... um, obviously for those of you who don't know my spiritual gift per se is like being able to feel the energies before they come so I've kind of just been like rolling around in Aries and Mars's fiery passionate action orientated energy for the last like three weeks so I've done a lot of work and a lot of content planning and um a lot of updates already for April so it feels like I'm just constantly talking about April but that's the vibe like it's very exciting this month that's upcoming so I'm back to talk to you guys again about um April the first half and what you can kind of expect for the month um and some of the things that I think are key takeaways for the month of April for you to be aware of and to just you know put in your calendar so we're not going to have any visuals for this one because it's just a quick update the astrology update so pop your headphones on grab yourself a tea make yourself a snack and just give yourself about i don't know 15 20 25 minutes of self-love by listening to my take on the strategy and hopefully you get some real good gems on how to guide yourself through this energy as they are upcoming so first things first um we have three lunations um in april which is very rare this doesn't happen often and i think it's just because of the calendar um you know some of them fall like a day ahead and a day before so it's a bit confusing depending on where you are based in the globe it will happen on different dates so we have the new Aries on the first of april if you're based um in the uk but um for other people in other areas it's going to be on the 31st of march which is again another um, strange energy because that means we would have had three new nations in the month of March so you literally have a couple days before this energy um arrives and if you haven't done it already please do go back and check out my take on the new moon in Aries and how that's going to have an impact on us as a collective and yourself as an individual it's more about um this new territory this new um energy that's available to us and what you can do with it so it's very important actually if you want to get a head start on how you can implement this energy in the month of April, that you go and have a listen, make some notes, and then just compare um, the energy that you feel and the things that you achieve at the end of the month. Then we have the full moon in Libra on the 16th of April, which I've also already done. Um, big me up one time for for being so ahead of the curve. It means that I'm able to actually you know, do these little bonus things um, episodes that I want to do. So we have the Full Moon in Libra on the 16th, which is also available available for you guys to have a listen to if you haven't done already. Um that's more of a um central um Feeling energy that this formula in Libra is bringing, um, mainly because it's happening in Pisces's house, the 12th house, and also because Venus is the ruler of this lunation. So it's very um, about, it's just so much about what we feel and what we do with what we feel, what we do with those feelings. So I'll go into a lot more detail about that in the actual episode. So again, please go back. Check that out if it's of interest to you. Um, And let me know what you think. Let me know if you're feeling this energy already. Some of you may already be feeling this energy. And then lastly, we have the Taurus, which is uh, the full... No, the new moon, which is partial solar eclipse on the 31st of April. Um, so this one is interesting because it is the first eclipse for the year. So we usually have about four or six eclipses in a year. And this is the first, I think is it six or is it four? I think it's about four. I think on some rare occasion they may be six, but it's usually about four. Um, so this will be the first eclipse for the season. And eclipse seasons are always like highly anticipated because they are involving the north nodes or the south node it's about like something massive starting for us as an individual and as us as a collective for the next 18 months um so it'll be exciting when i do um the interpretation of that to see what that might bring up for us but i haven't got that far ahead yet <laughs> so do keep your eyes peeled for the Taurus partial solar eclipse, which i'll probably do in like a week or two's time Alright, so let's crack on. Let's move into uh, how I feel about Mercury in the month of April. So Mercury uh, moved into the sign of Aries on the 27th of March, which was, what's the date today? Three days ago. Um, And before that, it was in Pisces for about not even like two weeks so it had a really quick cycle and run through in Pisces which was really strange um it's not usual that Mercury will spend such a short time in a sign um so it's already moved into Aries at this point and honestly guys if you haven't been feeling it already I don't know what planet you're on but I've been feeling this really strong potent energy of the need to just do stuff, to go and get stuff done, to initiate the things that I've always wanted to do or I've been putting off and just, you know, trying to talk myself out of. I've finally been finding the courage and the, I guess, the, the zest <laughs> to just go ahead and just make a start at least on the things that I want to do. Um, so that's kind of the energy that you can be feeling um, around this time and it's really good for you to be able to tap into this especially if you want to get stuff done especially if there's loads of stuff that you need to kind of like start or you need to um, wrap up as well. Um, this is a great energy for you to tap into that. You can also be feeling like there's just loads of ideas That are available to you. Um, like think of reconnecting with things that you're passionate about, things that you may have initiated in the past, or starting to initiate projects that you're excited about. Um, think about being bursting with this energy and vibrancy to just go and do whatever it is that you want. Because Aries is very bold and doesn't have a fear of like going after what it wants. Okay, it doesn't see like you know some people might talk themselves out of doing stuff because they think oh what if i'm not good enough or what if i don't have the skills or what if i i'm not going to be able to do something Aries doesn't kind of think of that. Aries does what they want to do first and then maybe afterwards that kind of energy creeps in when they see the magnitude of whatever it is that they're trying to do. So um, that's another thing to be careful of, like being over-optimistic or over-enthusiastic about anything you do start and any ideas you do get. You might want to like keep a journal or something called like just like a note in your phone where you just jot down the ideas that you get so that you can come back to them at a later date and kind of like stagger... You your energy um, around how much effort and time you're putting into stuff because Aries can like be so enthusiastic that you'll start five (laughs) projects at one time and then you will find that you cannot give the amount of attention to detail which is what Mercury likes to do. Um, You're not able to give that much amount of um, attention to detail because you're so spread between five odd things that you're doing when in reality you maybe should have only committed to two of those things you want to think um quality over quantity in this case okay mercury in Aries can be very like uh, I just want to do everything, but you need to be mindful of the fact that you cannot do everything it's physically impossible for you to do everything at once so kind of like stagger your time one of the things that um really helped me this year and I I honestly will say this is the first year of my life <laughs> that I've actually taken time to sit down and map out what my year want, what I want my year to look like, um, and constantly being able to just keep myself in check and referring back to that um, program that I've kind of like created for myself. Um, I would definitely say if you haven't done that already, then maybe you want to do that for the next half of the year. It is the astrological new year when the sun moves into Aries, so you can kind of treat this as a new year and just map out what you want to achieve for the rest of the year um, and i mean the rest of the year up until next year uh april because then you give yourself a little bit more time to achieve the things that you want to achieve but you want to have some sort of guidance or some sort of basis that you can refer back to to keep yourself on check otherwise you can really get yourself lost um in the source of aries energy when it comes to like planning and organizing and structuring where you're going to put your time and effort okay so You also need to learn, like I said, to pace yourself as Aries has this lack of ability to take things slow, sometimes plows through things, and then that results in the burnout, like just feeling really exhausted, really tired, really overworked. So you want to make sure that you don't end up like that. And it's kind of like a, I think, because Aries is the first house, it's kind of like a immature energy, like where you don't, like when you're kind of like naive about your capabilities or your qualities or your your skills um so you want to be kind of conscious of that as a mature adult especially um if you're doing anything that's significant like anything that's really important or anything that you're passionate about you don't want to rush it and you don't want to end up like just doing so many things where the quality of whatever it is that you want to do because ultimately you do want to do it and you want to give all your time and effort to it but you don't want your quality of whatever it is that you're doing to suffer so it's kind of like having a mature approach think saturn like being more um Consider it of the structure or the effort or the time and that kind of energy that goes into planning, and organizing something. You want to use Saturn's energy alongside Mercury and Aries to kind of like build a solid foundation of how you should approach whatever it is that you're trying to um, start. Um, You also want to be mindful of the way you communicate with other people, okay? Um, Mercury and Aries is, like, sometimes not considerate of other people's feelings. They can be very, um, like very forceful very out there very open and honest about how they feel about things or how they see things um and you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings whilst you're expressing yourself okay so mercury is mercury is very expressive and i would never tell anyone not to express themselves or to repress anything that they feel but in aries you can be over expressive or over aggressive in the way that you communicate so you might want to be aware of your tone or your body language when you're talking to people so people don't get the wrong wrong message or think that you're aggressive or take offense to whatever it may be that you're trying to communicate to someone else um, this is also a placement where uh, you could have a lot of falling outs with your neighbor or your siblings or with like people um, who you may not know like people that you might cross paths with while traveling so Be careful of, like, getting into heated arguments with, like, people who are on the roads, like, bicycle, um, what do you call those people? Bike riders. (laughs) Bike riders. Or, you know, like, having extreme road rage as well. So you want to be mindful of that. Um, especially in regards to just going back to, like, communicating with people and becoming, and coming off in a way that you may not, um, mean. You don't want to regret the way you have behaved once Mercury finally moves into Taurus on the 11th of April, okay? So... Mercury and Aries as well can also make you quite hot-headed and short-tempered especially if things don't go your way Um, and it sometimes can be because maybe your ego is offended in some shape or form like someone makes a comment that offends you far deeply than it really needs to be or you can take things the wrong way yourself so you need to be mindful of of that kind of um, energy, especially with like, like I said, siblings or partners, your co-workers or business partners. If you're not seeing eye to eye, you're not seeing on the same page, you're not, you don't feel like you're on the same page with something, then you might find that um, you might be more aggressive or more assertive or more pushy in your approach to trying to resolve whatever issue there may be. But overall, it's a good place for Mercury to be because Mercury likes passion and movement and there's a lot of speed with Mercury in Aries. So it's a good thing to, like I said, get stuff done and to just, you know, plough through the day-to-day tasks that you need to do, but also be careful of rushing around or accidentally um You know, hurting yourself or even because Mercury is more concerned with technology, deleting stuff or making typing mistakes because you're rushing and like publishing or um, sharing um, like documents where there's lots of typing mistakes in there. Um, Yes, so with mercury and aries kind of a nice transition into taurus for you once you've been able to utilize this energy to get on with whatever it is that you want to do because you will be able to build on the l- the longevity of the commitment to anything you may have started in mercury and aries you'll find yourself being more mindful of your um, ability to put in the effort into whatever it is you know taurus is the sign that is associated with the slow and steady so you'll be more um, intentional with your planning organization and actually the looking along the stretch of the road to get to the destination that you want to reach with whatever it is that you're doing. When Mercury finally moves into Taurus you may find yourself being more mindful of your spending or more um, focused on your spending or your saving or the longevity of your resources too so you might become more thrifty or looking for bargains as well just being more cautious around how much money you are spending and whether you need to spend the amount of money that you are spending because Aries in The sun in Aries can be quite impulsive, especially for someone like me. Um, Aries is my second house. So we have the sun in Aries at the moment in my second house. And I've literally just been like, oh, my God, I want to buy this. I want to go buy that. Oh, don't worry about that. You can spend this and you can spend that. So you have to be mindful of that kind of energy, especially when Mercury... um, in aries as well you could be impulsive about you know how you spend your money but when mercury moves into taurus you might scale back on that you might just have like a, a kind of reality check like oh maybe i've overdone it a little bit and maybe i need to be more um intentional and um not spend so much money okay then we have my stars of the show for (laughs) for april actually venus and mars together they have been on this long rendezvous um through the signs which has been really um interesting and nice to witness um so on the 5th of april we have venus entering pisces and then on the 15th of march sorry on the 15th of april mars will join venus in the sign of pisces and i was thinking about this like what kind of um what kind of vibe is this that Venus and Mars are bringing together? Um, And Spirit was like, it's kind of like the vibe of showing up late to the party, but bringing all the excitement and enthusiasm to have a great time. And in the end, everyone remembers how dreamy and unreal the, the party felt and, you know, kind of like reminisces long after the fact um that they want to go back to that party they want to go back to that and they want to go back to that time of when they had so much fun like at the last minute it's like Pisces sometimes shows up late but when they do they're definitely there for a good time so they might be there for a good time not a long time this kind of the energy that um Pisces um can bring so venus and mars you know the planet of love and mars being the planet of action and um assertion can just bring this energy of like yeah i'm gonna get there when i'm ready And when I get there, I'm going to be in a great mood because I took my time to get ready to get there. And then I'm going to have a great time when I get there because I'm just here to have a great time. Like, that's the kind of energy that I see. But we need to be very careful not to get too carried away with the... The good vibe, because the good vibe creates this element of wanting to overindulge or to escape. So booze, alcohol, drugs can um, be used in the wrong way, you know, like not just a little bit, not just a glass or two here and there maybe like two three bottles of wine blacking out realizing that you lost all your belongings on your way home or you didn't even know how you got home or you ended up in a tragic situation where um you know, someone has taken advantage of you or has, like, lied to you or stolen something from you, um, and then we can also have, like, really, um, tragic endings, like, someone overdosing in the bathroom or some shit and nobody, like, finds out until the end of the party, like, there's just this really tragic ending kind of feeling when Venus and Mars get together in the sign of Pisces because it's, like, the the duality of the good and the bad being present at the same time that's kind of the energy that Pisces brings it's a duality so it's the good the bad the yin and the yang being present at the time so reminding you that both realities do exist at any given time um venus has lots of fun in pisces because she's exalted here so there's space for her to feed into her fantasies in pisces with no limits and boundaries so this can be epic for those of you who are looking to introduce some romance and creativity into your current relationships um, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship and things may have become a little bit more stale or um a little bit more routine you might just want to have like more date nights, or you might just want to um, spruce things up in the bedroom, or you might just want to just get out there and do more fun things. Like Pisces is really here for fun. Um, they don't like being in situations where things are too serious or where the vibe is like really overwhelming because people are like fighting or not getting along. It's all about peace and love and um, yeah, let's <laughs> let's enjoy ourselves. So that's kind of the energy that if you want it is available to you, but it cannot be so great for those of you who may be in the dating scene because not in a very bad way but only because you'll be guaranteed to meet someone who you may think is ticking all your boxes and and then you finally find out when Venus moves into Aries that they're self-centered or they have a really obsessive nature that you cannot ignore and that kind of puts you off like Venus in Pisces is very um it's very dreamy um and it can be out of touch with reality and sees people through rose tinted glasses. I have Venus in my 12th house, which is Pisces' house. So it means that sometimes like I attract partners who show themselves as one as one way but wh- like like years or like months after getting to know them it starts to become apparent that they're actually not who they were showing me they were it's like they were pretending to be a certain person so they could like earn my trust or earning earn my love in some shape or form so Venus and Pisces can be easily victimized and um, easily lied to um you know there's a very strong element of deception here when Venus is in the sign of pisces because you just don't see things clearly you just want to believe in the fantasy you want to believe in a uh, utopia and you just kind of want to enjoy that i guess there's some element of wanting to enjoy just like seeing the world through your own little movie like your own little perfect movie just kind of like the venus in pisces vibe that you get um like venus is the star of the show everybody is like the extras or has roles to play in the in the movie and venus writes the movie because venus in pisces is also about acting as well um the arts performing arts creativity artistry music all that stuff so it's very much like how one perceives something and how one wants to um share with the world what they perceive so it's very important that we're mindful of that as well Um, for the majority of the time venus really enjoys pisces for the ethereal vibe pisces brings the connection to the divine is magnified and your creative mind is definitely on high alert almost like drunk from all the inspiration you will download to be more artistically expressive um it's a great time for like sip and paints like going to these like outings where you just get a group of your friends and you go to the sip and paint and you have a great time and you get to really just you know use your brush explore your artistic creativity that is a perfect like date night or outing for a Venus in Pisces um energy or transit uh Like I said previously, Pisces is tragic in nature though. So you can be lied to, victimised and blind to what's really going on and sometimes only realise the truth into it's way too late. Like I said with myself, like sometimes I could be deep into a relationship and then realise the person is maybe not the ideal fit for me or the person who I thought they were. And then it's like having to decide whether I can like compromise or um, do I need to end the relationship because I can no longer like see myself with that kind of person so that's kind of the annoying thing about venus in that kind of position is that it doesn't see things clearly so sometimes can't make very good decisions based on what you can currently see until you take off your rose tinted glasses and now you're more able to see exactly what's happening Mars in Pisces is somewhat attractive energy in the sense that there isn't much room for forcing controlling or coercion when Mars is in Pisces. Um, Mars is a lot more sensitive here soft and gentle so very um sensual as well very intuitive very um caring and loving so this is a good for times where you need to be a little bit more gentler in touch and not so good when you need to assert yourself because Mars is action and aggression and Pisces is flow and sensitivity. So Pisces kind of puts out mars's fire so to speak so that needs to be assertive can be um like internalized or aggression can be internalized and sometimes mars in pisces transits or people make people and feel bad about even having the desires that mars may have like those um Animalistic desires, or that need to be assertive or aggressive in some shape or form, those people can find that they feel bad about having those kind of feelings and sometimes internalize that internalize that themselves um it kind of creates an energy of like bottling things up and then exploding at the very end um because of how how much pressure is built up over the time of like internalizing something so that's definitely something to be aware of if you naturally have that kind of energy in your life you might find that during this mars in pisces transit that is magnified and you might find yourself being explosive at the most randomest times because you remember something from the past that's really triggered you Also, to be mindful of accidents with this transit involving drowning, sinking, floods or water in general, and even tragic events where loads of people unexpectedly and unfortunately die in some cases because of some freak accident. Um, When Mars is in Pisces, that is definitely uh, um, a result of the Piscean energy of just something tragic happening, because Pisces, like I said, is tragic by nature. Um... And we also have this being magnified by Jupiter and Neptune building up to their conjunction as well. So both these energies create a slumber-like energy. Like you might just feel like you want to lay around all day. You want to daydream, fantasize, lust over things or people. You can also find that there's this insatiable energy about like your desires not being fulfilled. Like just having a bottomless pit of desires during this um, period of time. Especially if you have Venus um, naturally in the 12th house or in Pisces itself. Like you can find that you're one of two things that are either very um, over-idealistic about love or about the things that bring you pleasure or indulgent, Or you're the other way where you cannot be satisfied. Like nothing that anyone can do for you can make you feel satisfied like this always feels like there's a hole like there's a there's a gaping hole that cannot be filled um with um any 12th house situations or any planets in 12th house so you might want to be aware of that as well um jupiter lastly but not least jupiter and neptune um feels like surfing a really big wave and being swept in the current and enjoying it or at least trying to enjoy the wave until things kind of die down and you get back to reality. Um sometimes Jupiter and Neptune, especially in the sign of Pisces, is very intense because it has never happened to any of us in our lifetime. So a lot of astrologers have been saying really positive things about Jupiter in Pisces, but um, Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces in conjunction, but also very negative things. But none of us actually know because we've never experienced it in our lifetime. We can only go back on history. Okay, so. All we do know is for guaranteed that when Jupiter and Neptune meet up, especially when they start a new cycle, um, sometimes the energy is so intense that you want to get off the roller coaster. You want to get off the ride. Although it's it's supposed to be something that's fun and enjoyable, it's kind of like, okay, this is going on for too long now. I want to get off. So you can have this feeling of being seasick or feeling out of touch with reality and not having a solid foot on the ground, which can be quite frightening for some people. For me, I kind of do live between two two realms and I'm well aware of that so for the most part of my life I have been kind of like learning to deal with that so it's not too frightening for me but for some people who don't have those um regular experiences it can be very intense especially your dreams like I have some very bizarre dreams but I don't read into the ones that i don't think i need to read into um whereas some people could have some really serious um stressful dreams and start thinking or become paranoid that that's going to somehow become their reality it can be very upsetting and very unsettling to have those kind of largely spiritual experiences when you don't have them usually okay um but there's a lot of energy for fantasies and discussions of a utopian world entertaining the thought of perfectionism and experiencing some rather unusual tastes and glimpses of such in your reality so you can find yourself getting lucky with certain things Um, this is like where the magic and the fairy dust lives but this is the the selling point of Jupiter and Neptune in conjunction in Pisces it's like fairy dust and it's magical and it's like going to the 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 land where everything is glitter and gold and everything is like shiny and everything is fun and happy and you know just like Uh, 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 otherworldly experience okay that's kind of what jupiter and neptune brings so this is definitely an energy that's available to you and it's great for um like manifesting if you actually want to dream big and put practicality behind the dreams that you're wanting to achieve um jupiter and neptune can bring you the luck of the irish as they say to like just become lucky in certain things like maybe you you really want to become a certain person in society you really want to integrate yourself in society in a specific role so you have some some sort of experience but not maybe the solid experience that you need but you could land yourself a job where you can gain that experience because maybe you blow them away in the interview or you blew them away in your application like just getting lucky with certain things um one of the things that kind of is difficult to navigate with this energy is feeling lost not knowing what the hell you want to do and what your calling is this energy can be magnified especially because it's a very spiritual energy there can be this feeling of knowing that you are here for a bigger purpose and you're trying to find that purpose and you feel like maybe you're being diverted on too many occasions and not being able to find a solid ground on what you're supposed to be doing and what feels good to you and what doesn't feel good to you it can be very confusing and you can just feel like you're just like you're here but you're not really here like nothing is really making sense so jupiter and neptune is like i said it, it's very um dependent on your lens what lens you're seeing the world through if you're seeing it through a way of i can achieve what i want to achieve i know where i want to go i know how to achieve what i want to achieve um I just need the 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 universe to support me in that then that's available to you but if you're in a negative mindset where it's like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what to do with myself i'm never going to know what to do with myself my life is useless then the universe is going to magnify that feeling for you and it's not going to support you with finding a way out um jupiter and neptune is like large bodies of water and just like if you don't know how to stay calm in the storm especially if you're in a way then you will drown you will feel like you're drowning so it's very important that whilst you feel this um flux of energy coming in for you it's definitely going to be in ebbs and flows while you feel it coming in and going and coming back um to have some sort of way of grounding yourself um think going to the park think walking on concrete think meditating think um going to the gym those are the kind of energies that you want to Make sure you are utilising during this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction because it will keep you grounded in reality and what's actually happening in front of you rather than floating away with what you think is happening but it's not really happening, okay? So, guys, that is my take on April. Um, Let me see if there's anything else that I wanted to touch on oh yes before I forget I know I've spoken about Kyron a few times um in the past but Kyron is like becoming such a serious um part of the the collective movement over the next couple years and it has been for the last couple years I think we're like four years into um Kyron and Aries transit and the more I think about it's the more it's becoming more dominant in my experience um, and my um, understanding of what other people are going through during this period of time. Like there's this this really strong energy available to people to be able to work through their wounds. Um so Chiron and Aries is um obviously very important in the month of April because Chiron sits between saturn and Uranus, so kind of like the key which is the symbolism for chiron the key to opening the gateway to a new reality and to um building different um approaches to our healing journey okay and having a different understanding and also being very bold in the way in which we may just like unpeel the, the pastures or the bandages that we've been putting on wounds for for many years and actually being able to cut through like I said um, in previous episodes Chiron allows us to, Identify the wound and in Aries it allows us to cut through the wound so kind of like do some sort of surgical operation on it, um, remove it or stitch it up in a way that we can heal from it and move on and move forward. So that's very important during this period of time and because Chiron is the first house in aries at the moment we have a direct focus on the seventh house which is led by um libra and venus so definitely a lot of focus on our um, relationships and how we have relationships and how we understand relationships and how we collaborate and compromise and integrate with other people and um a lot of wounds that we have from past relationships can just consistently be coming up to the surface for healing especially in regards to our ego where our ego may have been hurt or bruised in the past there's an opportunity especially in the month of april for us to really to um hone in on that and to really um honor those experiences and let them go as just you know experiences and not allow them to taint our future endeavors in love or in ourselves so that is it i think for me um please do uh let me know how you're feeling about the month of april if you're feeling this energy Please do not be afraid to drop me an email at spiritualaf at outlaw.com. You can also visit my website at www.spiritualafx.com, and you can also find me on YouTube where you can like my videos, subscribe, and leave a comment. So um, I'm going to park it there, guys. I hope you guys have an amazing April. It's set to be a very, 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 very great time energetically for us. So please do take the time to just bask in the energy like allow it to just consume you and allow the universe to guide you most importantly during this um, month.